welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 203, A Conversation with a new turkey dogger with Daryl Hall, and I am your host, and the guy who, along with a few partners, just bought some property to set up our hunting camp on. So you guys know that we lost our lease on the club that we've been in for almost 30 years, and we all relocated, well all of us except for one, relocated to a club closer to home, and this particular hunting club that we joined doesn't have a camp house on it. So we have bought a little piece of property and we are going to set up our camp house on it. That way, no one can tell us we've got to get off the property. So I'm excited about that. I think it's a great opportunity for us. There are several hunting clubs around this piece of property. So I think we can make a go of it there for several years. But we've got to get camp set up soon because deer season is right around the corner and we will need a place to lay our heads down at night. And turkey season, as you may not know, is 177 days, 9 hours, 35 minutes, and 27 seconds from right now. So a few weeks ago, I got a message on Facebook from Daryl Hall. You know, last week I told you guys about Dave Lennox. This week I'm telling you about Daryl Hall. So we have all kinds of superstars that listen to this show. But I got this message from Daryl Hall. And the message says, Hey Andy, I enjoy listening to your podcast while I'm working on projects or anything that I'm doing around the house. I was listening to episode 174 again yesterday. And it is the recap of the NWTF convention. You spoke some on the turkey dog seminar. I was sitting in that seminar and I actually saw you come in. I didn't know who you were at the time. Long story short, I do have a turkey dog that I bought as a pup and trained. He is now two and going into his second season. And I think he'll be a hot rod this year. One thing that sticks out in my mind is that you said there were very few young people in there. That is correct. I was one of those. I have learned that there are only a few of us doing this at all in Kentucky. I was the third guy that owned a turkey dog, but have recently spoken with the turkey dog owner number four. There is a lot that goes into it, and for the most part, it is a lot of fun. I have actually found another pup that I may be purchasing just not sure yet. 
One thing for new people that want to try this is that they can't find much information on it at all. There are very few articles in magazines and very few videos on YouTube. So I got that message. Now, after reading that, I thought, you know, it might be a really cool topic for a podcast to have Daryl come on the show to talk to us about just how exactly he got into turkey dogging, how he found his dog, and get some input on the sport from someone who is new to it, someone who's just getting into it. So I messaged Daryl back, and I asked him if he'd join us for an interview, and well, here is Daryl Hall to talk about his entry into the sport of turkey dogging, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, I almost forgot to tell you that Daryl's cell phone cuts out on us a little bit during the conversation, but those cutouts only last a few seconds, and I know that you're going to get enough out of this interview that the few seconds of staticky cell coverage is not going to bother you. Now here's Daryl, and just pretend like this interruption never happened. Hey everybody, I am excited to tell you that I have on the phone with me today Daryl Hall from the great state of Kentucky, or I should say the Commonwealth of Kentucky, so I don't get in trouble. Daryl messaged me on Facebook a few weeks ago and was telling me that he just listened to the show, the episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast, where I replayed some of the turkey dogging seminar that was done at the NWTF convention in February, and that he was actually in that seminar. And he was telling me a little bit about the fact that he has just fairly recently gotten into the sport of turkey dogging. And so I thought it would be fun to get Daryl on the line and pick his brain a little bit about how do you get into this? Because not that it's such a well-known or well-kept secret, because turkey doggers will talk to you about turkey dogging, but there's just not a lot of printed information out there about this part of the sport of turkey hunting. And so I wanted to get Daryl on the phone today and just chat with him and pick his brain a little bit. So Daryl, how are you and where are you? I'm pretty good, actually. I just got off of work there about an hour ago and made it home and I'm doing pretty good. Good deal. And now what part of Kentucky are you in? I'm more so the southeastern part. I won't necessarily say the full eastern part, but I'm about an hour and a half away from the elk of Kentucky, and surely everybody knows okay. about the elk here. Yeah, so you're still in into some mountains over yeah, in your part yeah, of the state. Yeah, it, it's fairly mountainous, you know, deep ravines and hollers, pretty thick country, some flat open land, and some of the places that I do hunt, that's sort of a downfall because you will have an open field, and as soon as you get to the woods edge, it may go 20 yards and just drop off a, a cliff, you know. And right. So, therefore, it does honestly make turkey dogging a little more hard here, but, I mean, we're blessed with a lot of public land that, you know, we're able to hunt. It makes it a little bit better. You can cover a lot of land in a day's time, especially public, and never even run into anybody in the fall turkey hunting. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Kentucky's fall season, and it may change, and if you don't know the exact dates, that's fine. But so typically, yeah. when does fall season open in Kentucky? 
our archery season comes in with our deer season. It comes in the 1st of September, and it don't go out until it's like a second or a third Monday in January. But during that time, our crossbow season comes in, and you can harvest a deer or turkey with a crossbow starting in October the 1st. It goes out when our modern gun deer season comes in. In November, usually around the 15th, I think it's the closest to the 15th. And it comes in a little bit later, but I think it does go out December 31st with crossbow. Uh, we have two shotgun seasons, and they're seven-day periods. The first one is the, I think it's the third Saturday in October, and then it'll be the first. It, it comes in for seven days, and then it'll be the first Saturday in December, and it comes in for seven days, which it makes it really rough as far as killing one with a shotgun. Uh, we're allowed four turkeys. One can be a bearded gobbler, or you can take four hens, but only two of those can be took with a shotgun. Okay. The other, or you can shoot all four with archery is fine. Yeah. Which it's it's a little tough, and I mean, I know we'll get into that later, but I have packed a bow with my dog, and especially if, if training a new pup, it's sort of, it's challenging, and even with a crossbow, it's, it's challenging. But if you're hunting with somebody else, and they can take the bow with a crossbow, Crossbow is sort of ideal if you can get a good setup where it's not thick, but usually these birds, they don't want to back up out in the wide open where you got a good clear shot. And I've talked to the Department of Fish and Wildlife about trying to extend our shotgun season and, you know, with the decreased amount of kill this spring, which was not a good year to talk to them. So right. it was a, a late winter and got everything out of whack too. And there's probably been a decrease in population of turkeys, but you know, this spring I have seen a lot of poults. Actually, I have a group right here within uh, probably a mile of where I live that are three hens, and it was 15 poults, and they're down to 12 poults now. Oh, wow. On those three hens. Yeah, well. But we have a, a long season, but the shotgun season, which is, you know, would be my favorite part, uh, especially hunting with a dog, it's a very short period of time. Yeah. So is your deer season in at the same time your shotgun season is in for turkeys? Yeah. Yes, the uh, the archery season is in. It, it sort of falls around, I think our muzzleloader season, I wish I had the dates in front of me, uh, I think our muzzleloader season comes in um, one Saturday and Sunday. We have an early muzzleloader season in October. A Saturday and a Sunday, and then that following Saturday, our uh, turkey season comes in with a shotgun on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it goes out on Friday. So we only, you know, most guys don't even have vacation time left that time of year, and it really allows you to hunt two days because most guys aren't going to go try to find birds unless unless you've got them coming in. Um, you know, you're allowed to bait deer here in the state of Kentucky. You're not allowed to bait turkeys. So if you're hunting a farm that's baited, it's illegal, number one, for turkeys. And which you know, there's probably a lot harvested with a bow out of a tree stand over a corn pile, but I mean that's that's up to you. Mm-hmm. And and sort of, I, I don't know. I disagree with certain things on that. A neighbor a neighbor can hunt a property right next to you, and uh, say there's a bait pile within a hundred yards or fifty yards, and he can actually hunt the property next to you. But you may be on a three hundred acre farm, and you can't hunt it for turkey. Yeah, uh, which yeah. you know, like I said, some states I know that you can bait turkeys. Here, you're not allowed. Right. Well, so you can get out there and 
hunt turkeys on public land during deer season and still not run into any hunters. So that's a good a good thing. Yeah, yeah there's certain lands. They opened up a new WMA here. I don't really want to give away any names, but people are more than welcome to contact me because I will share some info. I just don't want to plaster it everywhere. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. you know, they opened up a new WMA, and the only thing, actually, my dog at the time, it was we were going into his first real season because I got him in the fall of 2016, and he was five months old at the time. But I took him on a new property that had opened up, and the only people that I ran into were people running beagles for rabbits mm. and which was not really a problem because it was you know i think it's it's a little over a thousand acres that new new property yeah and it's, of course you got the national forest here too that we try to take advantage of i've got a friend that's a biologist with the forestry service and we hunted down there last year and the opening i think it was a shotgun opener of october we hunted absolutely all day long and we covered almost 10 miles on foot and we never seen another person. Wow. And, yeah, it was an extremely, it was a long day. It was drizzling rain most all day and didn't make it really good, which I figured it would be good as far as leaving scent, but we just never, honestly, never got on any gangs of birds. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. So you, you're in Kentucky now. You born and raised there? and Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been here all my life. I actually live around the same place that I was born and been here my whole life. I started hunting at a young age with my dad, you know, mainly squirrel and rabbit hunting and there wasn't many there wasn't many turkeys around at that time, which I'm thirty four years old. They were born in eighty four and we're talking, you know, the mid nineties, early to mid nineties, there just wasn't many turkey here. I sort of took a lot into turkey hunting though. For some odd reason, I always watched Night in Hell when they had the old woods and wetlands. Yeah. I watched it. It sort of struck an interest. And actually, uh, my grandpa, before he had passed, he bought me a turkey vest yeah. when I was 13 years old. And I still have that vest, and it's never been in the woods, and it probably never will be. It's just, I guess, a lot of sentimental value. But I had a guy one time, he was an insurance salesman, took me out for my first scouting trip and around that same time, too. And I think that may have been the very same year I was in the seventh grade. We had to do a speech for class. And I had wrote Night in Hell and also Quaker Boy a letter. And they sent me some calls and stuff, which I had already used a few calls and learned how to use a diaphragm call and whatnot. And uh, I gave a speech on turkey hunting. And I had never been in the turkey woods at all. And it just sort of carried over. And probably a year, year and a half later, my dad, he quit hunting altogether. And, of course, I couldn't drive or anything, couldn't go anywhere. So it sort of slowly faded away and started training horses and shoeing horses. Actually, at the time, I just left hunting hanging. And then around 2007, I started back hunting and uh, sort of, man, I want to go turkey hunting, you know. Didn't really know anybody here. None of my family turkey hunted. I started the spring of 09 was my first year actually really turkey hunting. And I killed my first turkey in the fall of 09, which was when I started building turkey calls, actually, too. Well, I started building calls in October of 2009. I killed my first hen of December of 09. And it's just, I guess it built a fire from there and attended Nashville in the spring of 2010 and haven't really looked back. It's just really consume me and most everything I do as far as building turkey calls I'm actually the president of our local NWTF chapter here 
we do Jake's events and we were doing still target shoots until this year. We didn't have one. So yeah. I started learning turkey tax for me last year with the guy as well when I was sort of in a slow period and I competed, you know, last year in uh, Asheville with that with my first turkey man. And of course I turkey calls to different competitions and donations and sort of this turkey dogging thing came about because I, I was a box hunting in the fall and a lot of times when you're by yourself there's a lot of people they they want to deer hunt here you know yeah. and that was another thing that got me more on public land was nobody really oh you're running a dog I don't want my part you know you're going to mess the deer up you're going to mess the deer up and actually that that really ain't true because a friend of mine he killed a really nice buck it was on christmas eve last year right after i had run my dog probably two hours later he killed me on the very same property oh that's pretty cool yeah yeah it's a it's a lot of fun yeah so your first turkey was a hen turkey that you killed in the in the fall or in the winter yeah yeah it was the very last day of our last shotgun season in fall, I was actually working third shift, and at that time, and I had got off work, and I came out of spit stuff, and I was shooting an old New England ten gauge single shot at that time with a, um, you know, of course, the three and a half inch shells, and I hunted with that for a couple of years until I got an eight thirty five that I hunted with. But yeah, my very first turkey was a hen in the very last day of shotgun season of '09. That's awesome. So what what really sparked your interest in turkey dogging? I mean, how did you first hear about it? Was it at the NWTF convention, or how did no, you? No, actually, Andy, I was I went on a hunt up in Nebraska with Shane Simpson, uh, if you know him from Colorado Turkeys. And yeah, he had a long which I, I knew Shane. I talked to Shane, and, you know, run into him at the NWTF, and we sort of talked back and forth on Facebook and everything. And, calling from time to time and you know probably since 2015 we we talked quite a bit and he invited me on a trip to nebraska because i was going to go to nebraska anyway in 2016 but he invited me on a trip and there was a couple other guys that went and uh, tracy Green being one of them if you've ever heard of him he had an appalachian turkey dog Mm -hmm. that was a really good dog and his other pup that he had i think she was three three years old at the time when we were out there and nobody you know, like I said, nobody really knows a lot about, nobody really hears much about turkey dogging, and let alone turkey dogging in the springtime. But out right. west, you know, we, you know, Tracy's an outdoor rider, and that was going to be something that would be really neat. But even at that time, I probably wasn't as much interested in it until I got to thinking about it. It was after the fact, I guess after I got home, because he, he took her out, he really conditions and stuff up there wasn't favorable at all a plot that we had hunted of course it was public land they they roosted some turkeys in the spot it was one of her next to last nights was the only trip that he took her out and he but these birds flew down out of the roost in this little patch of woods but they was in the center of a huge field and actually i wasn't on the, the other three guys went with him and i was back at a, another location trying to harvest my third nebraska turkey at the time Mm-hmm. And, you know, I heard him talk that the dog busted the turkeys, scattered them out, and that's, of course, what you want to do. But they flew out in the field. 
Well, so when they fly out in the field, they're going to gather back together in the field. They're not going to walk back in the woods for you to shoot one, you know, of course. Right. And that's sort of, you know, I've hunted them here in the fall. And like I said, I don't really like to deer hunt. I don't like to sit, and I know you're a running gun style guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of how I hunt. I like to make something happen. If it's not going to happen, I like to move on. And that's sort of how I am in the fall, too. And not saying that I don't have any patience to sit and wait, but I would rather be, you know, doing something. Right. So I got to talking to Tracy after that. And, you know, what you can probably Google turkey dogging, and there might be four or five things come up. J.T. Byrne, which was there at that seminar, of course, he comes up with the Burns dogs. There's mm-hmm. a few other breeders that, that breed dogs, but you just got to find them. It's one of those things that's not plastered everywhere. It's sort of, when I first started doing this, they were saying it's more like a cult. You know, yeah. it's sort of low key. A lot of people don't like it. A lot of people, you know, think it thinks that it's it's crazy or or whatever. I mean, they can believe what they want to believe until they've really done it. It's something, you know. Like I said, I was raised rabbit hunting, and we use dogs. And these dogs here, you use them sort of the same way, but they're completely different. You know, when we have beagles for rabbits, they stayed in the pen. These dogs here, they're your pet. I mean, they're your those are family pet. Most guys have them living in the house with them. Yeah. You know, they're riding in the vehicles in the front seat, and then they're busting turkeys and laying beside them an hour later. Yeah. So it's really cool because they become your friend, and it's a little bit different style of hunting versus maybe, say, training a coon dog or a squirrel dog or even a beagle. Right. For that matter. Well, tell us a little bit about your dog. So what breed and sex, age, Where'd you get the dog and so on and so forth? Okay, my first dog, I actually, I picked up number two three weeks ago, but my first dog I've got is what you call a Virginia dropper. Um, a lot of them are red and white or, you know, black and white. They have a lot of white in them. And my dog, he's a he's a male and he's two years old. He turned he turned two in August and he's solid black with a little bit of white on his chest. And I sort of like that about him because he is a darker color, you know. It's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that, that hunt with the wider dog, you know, they do what you call bag training. And once they break the turkeys and they come back to you, they'll get in a bag or cover them up, and which I was training my dog to, to do the same thing, not as far as the bag, but I had a, a leafy jacket that I would throw over top of him. Yeah. And when I would hunt by myself, I wouldn't use the jacket to throw. I'd just let him sit open. So he knew pretty much what was going on. Just try to keep him calm. But if I was hunting with somebody else, I would go ahead and cover him up. Right. I wouldn't have to worry about a gun or anything in my hands. But I would let somebody else shoot. But he's a, like I said, he's what you call a Virginia dropper. They're sort of a mixed style dog. They have a setter and pointer in them. Okay. And uh, he comes from Virginia, actually. Uh, Tracy found this pup for me at the time. And, I got a hold of the guy to buy it, and we worked it out, made things happen, and he sort of split the driving with me, and I believe it was Veterans Day in 2016 that I made the trip to Virginia, and 10 hours later, I had my very first turkey dog put. Yeah. And I spent a lot of hours with him, working him, teaching him what he needed to do, and I just sort of, I really like working the dog. I mean, it, it seems like when I take him out, even for a run or just try to break turkeys, it's more about him than it is about me pulling a trigger or me 
And of course, that's his award, you know, is seeing right. what he's doing at four. Yeah. And then I recently, three weeks ago, I was I had full intentions of, of buying a Boykin Spaniel female, and I had drove to the place here in Kentucky to pay a deposit on a female pup that was four weeks old, and I ended up coming home with a 13-month-old male <laughs> that had never been around turkeys, tent, turkeys. He'd probably been on a leash maybe a time or two, but he didn't really act like he'd been on a leash much. A guy had told me that he had retrieved a dove at three months old, and that's about it. That's about all I knew about him. I liked the way he looked. I fooled with him there for about an hour. I ended up, instead of paying a deposit on the female, I, I came home with an older male, which I was sort of sort of worried about. And actually, I'm probably training him just for turkey. I'm working with him as well as being a retriever for dove and ducks. He loves water and He's already made huge progress. He's a really smart dog. And, you know, the boy can spaniel. That is a turkey dog. That's what they were going for. It's a South Carolina state dog. So that's a that's a pretty good breed, too. But one characteristic that all turkey dogs like is a dog that really barks when they start breaking turkeys. Mm-hmm. That way you know what they're doing, just like a rabbit dog or a coon dog. Or, you know, you keep going back to that. But if you want them, you really would like from the break on a bark. And uh, my boy can right now, that's sort of where I'm at with him. I've had him break one flock so far, and he didn't bark at all, which he done a really good break, scattered the turkeys, you know, but he didn't bark. So that's that's sort of what I'm working with right now. And as far as training goes, I've, I've pretty much done all the training, you know, help of asking questions from a few different other turkey doggers that do the same thing. Yeah. What what are some of your training techniques? Are you working with turkey wing or tail? Or All right, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. This is some really cool stuff, is it not? If you want to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And the way that you become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast is just to text the word Turkey Hunter. Make that one word, Turkey Hunter. Text that to the number 44222. Once you text that to the number 44222, you will then get instructions from me on what you need to do to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Becoming a subscriber is easy. It's inexpensive. The cost is $18 for a year. So basically a buck and a half a month gets you the premium content for not just this week's episode, but it also gets you the premium content for all of our previous episodes and the premium content for the next 52 weeks worth of episodes as well. I'm telling you, man, it's a bargain at twice the price. Hey, if any of you guys want to chat with Daryl about turkey dogging, or maybe even about buying a turkey call from him, then hit him up on Facebook. His username is Daryl Hall R-W. That's D-A-R-R-E-L-L. Hall, H-A-L-L, and then the letters R-W. Hit him up on Facebook 
and I am sure he would be more than happy to chat with you guys about turkey hunting, turkey dogging, or turkey calls. Now, if you'll do me a favor this week, if you would please like and share the posts for this week's show on social media, I would be very appreciative. So jump on Facebook, jump on Twitter, and like and share those posts for me. That's a big help to the show. On that note, that's all that I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.